We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Jack Lynch's Game Ring. Brandon Sprague here. It's been a little, little while. Uh, appreciate you all kind of riding with us. Uh, I know we had talked about before the All-Star break, um, doing a few shows over that. Um, full disclosure, I feel like shit. Um, I am uh, a week away from surgery, basically. Uh, surgery is next Thursday. Um, and I needed the time off. I'll be blunt. Um, I, am, I am hurting. I'm struggling. It is a difficult thing to kind of get through the day-to-day stuff. Um, I probably sound like crap because I feel like crap. Um, that's kind of where I'm sitting right now. Um, but uh, I wanted to get a few things out there. I wanted to make sure we got a little bit of stuff before um, we get down the final push. And I, I, I will shut down the channel for two weeks. Like, flat out, that's how this is going to go. Um, having done this surgery once before, I know exactly how it's going to go. And then, uh, there you go. That's how it goes. Brandon, how you doing, buddy? Uh, I'm doing great. Nice intro there. Better uh, than me? <laughs> I do not have hip surgery planned. No. Uh, I can make it happen. I've got a bat around here somewhere. So, funny story real quick. Uh, first of all, it's nice to be back. I uh, I think you handled everything there, like, we had talked about doing some pods, but I, Danny knows this better than anybody because Danny's been a psycho in some regards. But, like, I'm always like, yo, if you're not feeling it, man, like, I know we need to be doing podcasts and stuff, but health comes first for me. So I, I, I totally understood it. I had dinner last night. I had some family in town, and I had dinner, and I, I, I met a buddy of mine. It's a, he's a doctor, mm-hmm. and he specializes in orthopedic, but he's, he's like, a really good doctor. Yeah. He knows a lot of dudes in the industry. And he was asking about the podcast. And I say, oh, that's good. Probably going to take a quick break here coming up. Uh, my co-host is getting surgery. He goes, he's getting surgery. What's he getting done? I go, he's getting his hip replaced. And he goes, he's getting his hip replaced? And I go, yeah. And he goes, how old is he? <laughs> and I said, I think he's a couple years older than me. I'm 36. I think you're 38, right? 38. I, yeah. 38. I was like, he's 38. <laughs> he goes, my God, what did that man do to himself? <laughs> and I said, man, there's probably not enough time for me to tell you what this, he's going to take the so. entire dinner and then some to go through that. To yeah. Kind of nail it down. Um, it's not replaced, though. Um, it's a full rebuild, which is actually worse. Oh, see, I went, I didn't even know yeah. it was such a thing. I thought it was just everything was called the hip replacement. Yeah, no. So yeah. Like, without going into the nitty gritty of it, like mine is a full rebuild. So they're going to go in and clean up everything, scrape everything out. If my labrum is repairable, they're going to repair it. Otherwise, they're just going to take it out. Jeez, dude, that's awful. Yeah. So um, for those who like, don't like, don't want to know, don't like, like sorry, this is kind of how this goes. <laughs> um, basically, because my labrum is so damaged on the inside of my left hip that if I step a certain way, it feels like somebody's taking a box cutter to the inside of my groin up against my hip and frying every nerve alongside that. And that happens anywhere between 12 and 25 times a day. And the pain lingers for like 10, 12 minutes each time. And it feels like somebody's reaching up to my intestines and just grabbing a hold and pulling down. Every man out there, women, you won't understand this. You have a different kind of pain with, with, with your bodies. The only, the way that I try to explain to people, like what, like, what does it feel like when it happens is if when you get hit in the balls, you know, when like it's in your stomach, like, it, every, like, no matter how bad your nuts feel, they get hit, that, like, guttural, like, deep in your body, like, 
you don't know that that place exists in your soul until it gets hit. That's what it feels like literally every time that little nerve ending gets caught because the top of my femur, like where it connects into the hip, there's pieces missing. And so these little chunks grab a hold of that opening and just rip it all day long. So when I'm snippy or snappy or angry or frustrated, <laughs> it's being dr- dad, not it's, me. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. it's it's very much driven by a crap ton of pain. Right. Um, so there you go. That's all out of the way. Um, it is a it is a huge process. I will be out for at least two weeks. It could turn into three. I just we won't know until I get out of surgery. With that all being said, thank you all. I appreciate you. Uh, thank you for for riding with us. Um, I I know that. It's hard when the content isn't always flowing consistently. We've tried to do our best this year as far as hitting everything along the way. Um, just the last two weeks, I've just been kind of going through the ringer. So that's kind of full disclosure where, where we sit right now. Um, where the Blazers sit right now. Um, hell of a weekend for one Damian Lamont Ollie Lillard Sr. Uh, going down to his old stomping grounds in Utah, quasi-related uh, to the Weber State region of Ogden. Uh, Ogden's a kick-ass town, by the way. Very, very pretty. Never uh, been. Never been. Uh, Hill Air Force Base is there, so I made a few trips mm. out there. I think they've got what's called like Devil's Staircase coming out of, coming from the east side. It's like this, you're, you're in this giant canyon through the mountains, um, and it kind of opens up into Ogden, and there's like this jugged, jugged, jagged rock outcropping. It looks like a giant like staircase cut into the earth. Yeah. And um, that's like, oh, this is this is a pretty cool. Like, you know, you got Moab's like Utah has cool shit, mm-hmm. um, particularly for the outdoorsman. Uh, but Ogden's just a cool city, man. Like I just, you know, I, I had to drive out there a couple different times, flew in a couple other times just for, for military stuff. But it's uh, it's pretty cool. But I digress. Um, Dan goes out there and had himself a weekend. Right. Uh, Three point contest. Uh, he was the favorite to win. Um <laughs> I don't know if I should. Dame talked about it post post contest about how his trainer Phil Beckner encouraged him uh, and very much wanted him to win. Phil texted to talk to talk that shit. That yeah, bird. yes. Yeah. Phil yeah. texted me. He was very very proud of that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, I know Dame took the high road. Dame's classy. He took, the, he took the middle road. He didn't take the high road. He took the middle road. Yeah, but like. I think this would have been the one, well, not the one, this would have been one of the times, one of the times that I think the entire city and fan base would have been like, could you please ditch the class? Could you please just go out there and do that Larry Bird thing where you go, so, who's getting second here? Because uh, we know I'm winning this bad boy. Yeah, no, I mean, it's it's super cool to see that and to kind of, Dame kind of encapsulated it. And I, I want to talk about kind of like the the, the greater kind of looking at Dame stuff too here a little bit. Um, all the best shooters historically have this thing. Like, it's, it's a real thing. Um, I, I, you know, I closed my tab. Um, Three-point contest winners. The names on this list, it's not a necessarily a who's who because it's not like just the greatest shooters have won this because there's guys in there that you're like, what? But... Larry Bird won it the first three years. Dale Ellis, Craig Hodges, Mark Price, Glenn Rice, Tim Legler, who is considered one of the best shooters to play the game, even if he wasn't a star. He shot the hell out of the ball. Steve Kerr, Jeff Hornacek, Ray Allen, Peja, Vashawn Leonard, good shooter. Uh, Quentin Richardson, okay shooter. Uh, Dirk Nowitzki, great shooter. Capono, great shooter. Uh, Paul Pierce, streaky. James Jones, great shooter, three from three. Kyrie is basically right on par with Dame. Uh, Bellinelli, great shooter. Steph, Clay, Eric Gordon, Booker, Joe Harris, Buddy Heald, Steph, and even Cat. And now Dame is on that list. And I thought it was really interesting that Dame was like, it does kind of cement me up there. Like, we can all say, we all know Steph's the guy. And I tweeted something about this the other day. I don't think, I don't think Dame, I didn't tweet about Dame. I tweeted about Kevin Durant. I don't think Kevin Durant gets the kind of recognition for being, he, do you know he's essentially a 50-40-90 shooter for his career? Well, I mean, Kevin Durant is one of the top three scorers in NBA history, I think. Scorers, yes. Yes. Um, when you pull up Durant's numbers, okay? And we'll get back to Dame here in two seconds. Sure. Durant is a uh, 498 field goal percentage, 
and 88.6. So that's 50, 38, 89 for his career. Now, it was mm-hmm. only 129 games, so a season and a half in Brooklyn. Do you know what he shot in Brooklyn? I don't. 54, 40, 91. Wow. Over 129 games. Three seasons, right? I mean, he missed some games, but three. He basically missed half the time. Day. But yeah. that's insane. So remarkable. Yeah. That's, that's insane. And if you look at Dame historically, the only thing that hampers Dame, and this is where obviously Durant has a huge advantage being a seven-footer and being a rim finisher, Dame's right. career numbers right now are 44-37-90. Yeah. On high volume. And the yep. big difference is, like, you look at when he came in the league, 43, 42, 43, 42, 44, 44. Like, he was right in that 43, 44% range. This season, he's at 47% from the field. That's a huge jump. It's almost like maybe for the last couple of years, he was playing through something that was bothering him a little bit. Maybe just <laughs> a little bit. But in a career 37-plus percent shooter on volume, on not catch-and-shoot threes, but off-the-bounce threes, and then a 90% free-throw shooter. Like, when you think about that, that does winning that three-point award, does that solidify him as, like, one of those guys? It's weird. Um, not to get too ahead, it's, it's, it's almost like the team knew how to rehab him, get him right, so he could have production like this. It's, hmm. it's weird. It's almost like somebody's suggesting the opposite, but the superstar showing you that that's not true. Yeah. Um, look, I said this this morning, and I, I think it, it bears repeating. Damian Lillard, to me, you know, I think a lot of people are saying this, especially after this All-Star break. Mm-hmm. People always, I, I feel like I've heard it now for a couple of years. Dame's got his flowers. Dame's got his recognition. Hey, how about this weekend? Everybody pointing to the wrist, right? Mm-hmm. To me, that's not new. Like, all-Star Weekend, the Blazers haven't largely been the most relevant team in the league. But the one constant for them in almost a decade has been Dame goes to the All-Star game. Mm-hmm. People talk about how amazing he is, how clutch he is, how everybody would love to play with him. He's one of the best leaders. He's picked first uh, after the starters are yep. now. Like, you know, it, to me, that's normal. That's, that's All-Star Weekend Damian Lillard coverage. The difference for me for this one was winning the event. And... And I just feel like it was it was not only important for him. Like, the dude's resume is... A mile like, long. At some point, the resume is ridiculous to the point where you go, I don't need to read every line. I, I can see what you did. You were amazing. <laughs> I'm picking up what you're putting down. First ballot Hall of Famer. Got it. Yeah. But but this is the separation to me. And, and guys like you and I in our age, guys older, mm-hmm. people even younger, we grew up where the All-Star Weekend mattered. Yes. It, ma- it mattered because it was hey, validation. What are, you, what are you doing this weekend? Uh, I'm watching the all-star break. Yeah. Leave me alone. Or, Hey, come to my house. I'm watching the all-star. Break. Or let's go to so-and-so's house. Watch mm-hmm. the all-star break. When you, when you rattle off the laundry list of people who have won the MVP of the game, who have won the three point contest, like you just did, or the slam dunk contest, the most common thing you see in all of that is hall of famer, hall of famer, hall of famer, all-time legend, all-time legend, all-time legend. Yeah, you sprinkle in some some Vashawn Leonard's in there, but for the most part, it was a stamp on Dame's resume that he just hadn't had yet. Mm-hmm. He'd had great moments, he'd have walk-off shots, Elam ending things, but winning a contest is upper echelon legendary shit. Yes. And so for me this weekend, I knew he was the favorite going in. I I wanted to see him do it. I thought it was incredible, and I couldn't be happier for the dude because you know, it's not like the team is sitting in the best position today. And so for him during this season, to be able to go back to Utah where he played, to wear that jersey as he did it, like, that's a special moment for him. And so the weekend wasn't different for me because Dame always gets the recognition, mm-hmm. but it, it cemented another part of his legacy and his career that he hadn't had that many NBA greats have already done in their careers. What's really interesting to me is... And you, I think you saw a little flash of it. And what's all-star game mattering. I think the game itself didn't matter nearly as much this year. Yeah. And it's been heading that way. But I thought Mac McClung made the dunk contest matter again. 
the thing about the three point contest. Everybody talks about well, what if what if the dunk contest? You know, like why I get why people aren't interested anymore. Once you've seen one dunk, da, da, da. no. If somebody came up, like you don't, it doesn't have to be original. It just has to be good. The three point contest hasn't changed. They, did did anybody see the addition of the deeper shot? Did that really like draw people in? Like Reggie Miller talked about in the contest because Dame hit all four of his and they were instrumental in helping him win. But did that change like why you viewed? No. You want to watch the best shooters in the league compete. And Julius Randle. <laughs> why was I, J- Isaiah I know- Joe not there? Or why was Why was, why was Caldwell KCP Pulp? Why was there? Isaiah like, Joe? Like, there's like, what are we doing there's, with Julius Randle? There's 30 people. 30 people you could put in front of Julius Randle. He's shooting 33% from three. Let's call a spade a spade. It Jericho Sims and Julius Randle were more about the jersey than it was about the actual player because that is quite literally the worst dunk I've ever seen in a contest done. And a 34% three-point shooter invited to the contest over guy. Isaiah Joe is shooting like 40-some percent. KCP is damn near 40%. We had two guys mm-hmm. statistically deserved to be there. And more and volume. Like, like, and, and we're like, no, we need Spike Lee and his old lady glasses to sit courtside and cheer for his New York guys. It, what are we doing? It was very dumb. Very but dumb. otherwise, you had healed, who, buddy, I think he's sixth or seventh all time now in made threes. Mm-hmm. Like he's For those that don't understand how good of a shooter Buddy Heald is, like, go look at his career. It's it's absolutely insane. When it's I mean, all it said and back done, to college, Danny. Yes. This goes back to Oklahoma. I mean, my like, God. I, I know he was expected to be more coming out of college when he was with New Orleans, but I think he's settled into a great spot. Mm-hmm. But I say this because Buddy's a all-time shooter. Halliburton, while it's very strange, you want to talk about we just spent the weekend talking about shooting releases. Halley's the weirdest in the league right now. Among he's Pasia, he's New Pasia. Yeah, it just doesn't make any sense. But it's it's cash. Right. Um, they had shooters, and they continue to have shooters in this competition. The best of the best. The dunk contest is not. But you did have Mac McClung out there, and Zion, when asked about it, said he did want to do the dunk contest. He wants to do it. And I think, like, and I, I'm, I'm saying all this to, to frame it around Damian Lillard in this manner. I think Zion might get it. I think his time away from basketball might have helped him in the sense of understanding it. Because LeBron James, I want to give credit to Richmond said this the other day, Mike, Mike Richmond on, on Locked On. I said, let's say like a week or so ago. And I thought it was really poignant. LeBron James passing up on the dunk contest in 04 set the precedent for stars no longer doing it. The best guys like to, to no longer, it'll be, it'll be okay. It's okay, I didn't do it. It's okay for you to not go do it. That's never happened with a three-point contest. And I, I asked uh, Dusty on the show today, have you ever heard of a single player who has had their reputation damaged or besmirched because they didn't win the three-point contest or the dunk contest? No. All it's ever done is lift you up. And so I think Dame has always got this. He's always understood this. Second year in the league, does every event. Mm-hmm. All-star game, rookie, sophomore challenge, three-point contest, dunk contest, skills, all, all of them. And then he did uh, what the halftime show two years ago. He's done everything. Everything you can do at the All-Star break. And it wasn't because of, you know, I mean, probably some branding behind it for sure because he's the face of Adidas basketball. But he's also a guy that just likes to compete. Mm-hmm. That's what he's always been. He's always been about, this. unless it's been an injury, you got to pull his body off the floor. And it started getting me thinking about like the legacy of Damian Lillard, and not the accolades, but the day-to-day stuff. Like what matters more is 11 plus years now, with the exception of his surgery last year, of Dame being that guy who competes every game, every day, every opportunity, all-star break or not, like, there's just so few of those guys left. And I think Zion, to an extent, maybe it was his basketball mortality, kind of looking me in the face like, hey, if you want to do this, you better get this done now. Your, your legs might blow up. But I, I, I came away from this weekend 
yes, the three-point award is great. Yes, him being picked first was great. Guys tapping their wrists when he hits the game winner is great. All that stuff. That all feeds into it. But the competitor and how lucky we are to watch that and be a part of it, I think that's the thing that, and not just him, there's a couple, LeBron's another one of those guys. Up until, you know, the last year or so, he was, listen, you're 19, you're 20, we'll check in and see if Dame's still not doing any... Uh, Hey, playing in the league for 20 years, is is this a different animal in itself? Not yeah. like, what? how good are you? It's like, can you play for 20 years? LeBron took a photo with Melo and D-Wade. They were both in street clothes. They ain't been in the league in like two years. It's like... Wade even longer. Right. That's what I'm saying. It's like, yo, this guy is still... Same draft doing, class. It's it's insane. It's absolutely insane. But uh, like, that's the big thing I came away from this weekend. That and their, there was some focused reverence. When Dame was picked first, LeBron and Ernie both being like, oh, we know who he's picking. The whole idea of like everybody knew it was going to be Dame. Then the clip of Giannis going to the locker room like, no, I picked him because like he's going to be that guy. Mm-hmm. Like, the, he goes, the, time, the game that we the game that I won as captain was because yep. of him. Yep. And he goes, I think he's going to win it. I think he's going to put it down. He comes down and, you know, he hits the winner. And it's like, yeah, that's... There, there is something about there, the the way that other players were talking about him so glowingly, was fun. Well, I I think uh, I think a part of what you're hitting on, like the two, if I ever got to interview LeBron in a total comfortable setting, which will never happen in my life, the only two impeachable things for me on his resume. And by the way, I could sit through a couple resumes of all time greats and be like nitpick right and find mm-hmm. the thing. I'd really want to dig in what happened in 2011 with JJ Barea. Please explain that. Like, mm. that's just brain-broken stuff to me. There's no other. The other is, like, the dunk contest. What yeah. happened there? Was that a marketing thing? Was that, like, a, you're – I don't I don't personally think LeBron is a player that's afraid of competition. You can't have this career and be afraid of competition. I think it's a ridiculous statement. But I do agree with Richmond's statement on that. Like, him not doing it kind of changed the mm-hmm. way other players choose to do it. And, by the way, Zion, you might be right. I feel like LeBron did that same stuff early in his. It was like, hey, he might do it in 05. Hey, there's whispers he'll do it in 06 mm-hmm. and then never did it. I'll believe yeah. Zion does it when Zion actually does it. John Morant in the game. He said nah. The first, <laughs> the first or second uh, basket of the game, Danny, he did a Mac McClung clean, and it was like, well, that would have won. Mm-hmm. I thought one of the bigger bummers of the weekend wasn't just that the game sucks and it's unwatchable. I thought it was – this could have kind of been a sneaky good Blazer weekend because I think Shaden easily wins that dunk contest. I don't know about easily because McClung was on point. Hey, but M- McClung this, was great. It would have been a show. It would have been an absolute but, show. My God, what Shaden does in games, yes. imagine if he does that without any defenders in the way. And so that, that was kind of a bummer for me. Yes. On the Dame note, I, I don't want to get away from it. I, I've been making this point for a couple of years, and I'm going to stick in it forever. I think part of the reason that killed this game, or not killed this game, like I think what's changed dialogue or narratives around the league is the way that we talk about careers. And mm-hmm. when 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 you talk about Mike, who is the GOAT by many, you're just counting rings. You're, Mike is great for what he did on the court, but like ultimately people just end with, well, he's got six. He's 6-0. and oh. And I just feel like that kind of, drive that kind of push that narrative it's it's what's led to the player movement the player empowerment the lebron hey i'm, I'm taking my talents to south beach kevin Rand, i'm leaving okc i'm going to golden state you could hate all these moves but these guys careers they might not get six they might not even get two it's hard to get one in one city and we've changed the way the narratives are if you don't win you're a bum and i think the good thing with dame is we in this city he might not get it, but we get it. You see what I'm saying? He mm. might not get it, but we get it. Yes. And that and that's being a lifelong loyal player to a franchise, or at least showing us so far throughout his entire career, he is loyal. He's not just playing here. He's living here. He's building roots here. He's establishing businesses and mm-hmm. partnerships and community outreach programs. To, to see that, I mean, I never get tired of it. I never no. get tired of watching him on the biggest stage, get the recognition, get the accolades, and to win the three-point contest, to get the love from guys like Giannis and LeBron almost every single year. It's, it remind, I think it needs to remind many people who love basketball, just love the game. Like, 
take a step back from your hot takes. Take a step back from just your ring counting. We need to appreciate great players because not all of them win chips. No. And I hope Dame does win one, but it doesn't diminish a great all-time career if he doesn't because he chose to play with one franchise or play primarily his entire career in the city of Portland. 10, 12 years ago, I kind of started leaning a little bit towards ring culture, which is kind of ironic considering that was the time that I really started getting more into media. And the more the more into media I got, and this is probably counterintuitive to a lot of you guys who think of how media talks about this stuff, but a lot of the media that I know, they don't think about the people that I know that cover teams, they don't think about ring culture. They think about the everyday stuff because that's what they cover. Yeah. Is everyday stuff. They're around it. They know these people. Yes. And so the, the, the more I got around the team, the closer I got to players, the more time I got to talk with them, to understand them, and then talking to players on other teams, talking to reporters of other teams, and, and building those connections and understanding it's gonna sound so sappy, but how lucky we are in Portland with Dame. That's the thing is like if you ask another beat reporter that covers any other like non-prestige team like Boston or LA, or a team that's competing for a title, Golden State or something along those lines. The thing is like if they'll come down, um, I, I won't say anybody's names, but some Toronto reporters when the Raptors came through. Um, one of them wanted to talk to Dame before the game. Like, ah, I don't know if we're going to be able to timing wise, you know, he preps here. He goes, does this at this time. Then after that, you know, shut things down. Dame walks by and kind of flag him down real quick. And, uh, you know, Hey, I want to talk to you. Yeah. All right. You know, find out, you know, talk to him a little bit later. Hey, how'd, how'd that go with Dame? And they, they light up, you know, tells me he's incredible. You every day is like this. Yeah, every day. I know of one interview post game that he that he didn't show up for, in his entire career. One, that's it. That's insane. And I don't say that to like just kind of like build him up, but we are genuinely lucky to have him to be able to understand who he is, what he does, on and off the floor. And I genuinely want to respect and acknowledge that. And that's what I I came out of this All Star game with. I know it's a long roundabout way. It's like 20 minutes about getting to that point. But I think it's I think it's important. Because when he's gone, we're going to be doing a lot of... Hey, remember when Dave... <laughs> remember when we had a star who wanted to talk to the media? Remember when we had a star who wanted to live Who's here, super likable and, and yeah, yeah, just... I know. It doesn't happen. You know how I know? Because the Portland organization has been around for over 50 years and he's the only one. I mean, look, you got you got role guys that I mean, some of our biggest culture for the franchise's history are role players. Role players. Right? Like Clyde, I'm look, I'm not I'm not I don't wanna belittle Clyde Drexler. He's an all time blazer legend. Terry Duck and uh, Buck though. Yeah, like that dude chose Houston. And look, I get it. Houston grew up, like that's his decision. Rasheed Wallace, mm -hmm. Damon Stoudemire, like these guys had a great magical run. Mm -hmm. They had roots here. They have roots here. But, like, they don't – it doesn't feel quite the same. And then even before that, like, Walton was such a short tent. Who was it? It's it's Maurice, right? So, it's like – it's not to belittle any of those guys. They're, they're all-time legends for the franchise. But we just haven't had a superstar with this kind of gravitas, this kind of um, reach. And it's – to think you're just going to get it with the next one at some point, I, I, be careful because it, 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 I mean, it hasn't happened. This is the first. And even before him, like LA was like, I'm going to San Antonio. Bye-bye. It's, it, it, it's that simple for a lot of guys. And um, yeah, just appreciate the greatness while you have it, man. Like I, I think that was Mac McClung was great. I was still bummed about Shaden. But and John. And, and, well, and Ja, yeah, saying, I mean, like, obviously you want Ja, but uh, I selfishly want Shaden because we've seen those dunks. Oh, God, yes. Him and we know what he's capable of. But, like, Dane was the only saving grace for me. Like, I, 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 don't, I don't mean to – but there's something about not having an active roster NBA player of name recognition. Like, if you don't have yes. an Instagram, you don't know who Mac McClung no. is because you ain't seen him on House of Highlights or whatever. And I'm happy for the dude, but – 
you, you do need – there is something to have in star and name power, and the dunk contest had none of that. Yeah. And so, like, I watched Ja do the, you know, the little backwards dunk in the game, and I'm like, dude, if he does that in the contest, it's matching or beating Mac because of star power. Mm. And you, you lack that. To get Dame to win the three-point contest, my only selfish thing is he wasn't in the Blazer uniform. He was in the Weber State uniform. But I get it. Time, setting, place, all that stuff. That was the only good thing of the weekend for me because I largely found the game completely unwatchable and, and awful. And that's a different side tangent conversation at some point we could get into. But uh, I do miss having the All-Star game matter a little bit even at the end. And now it just feels like... It mattered a little bit, but I think it, it, uh, we, we got, it's an off-season topic of how do we, make the, all, how do we yeah. make the All-Star game better because we do have some basketball stuff to get to. Um, we did get the um, press release on Anthony's ankle. Yeah. Prior to All Star break, um, and talking to folks, I was told that um, he did avoid the high ankle damage, which is huge, by the way. Huge. Yeah, that was that was the worry. Um, I was talking to guys after the game, and Ant came by on crutches, and you know he didn't look didn't look happy, didn't look thrilled. Told me you know it, it was it was definitely something that was bothering him. Um, the MRI was going to get pushed back to Thursday that night, and it was like. Okay, well, good luck, man. Like, you know, it's one of those things where like I didn't know what to say other than like, hey, I hope you, I hope you're good. They had to carry him off. They had to carry him off. I mean, what's so I didn't see Nurk carry him off the floor. I just saw him. I thought broken foot. So what it looks like after watching it back is he was lucky enough that um, he put most of his weight when he landed on his left leg, and because his right leg's kind of bent and not straight legged, and so. That kind of saved him, I think. Um, that and he hasn't really done much to his ankles as far as like rolling them all the time. So he was able to kind of save it in that level. It was kind of funny. Dame, uh, Dame kind of rolled his in the same game going into the stands. Mm-hmm. I asked him how he was feeling. He goes, you know, what's funny is um, the doctors told me uh, I'm really lucky. <clears throat> Not just because of that one. But he says, he said that they, they told him that he lands really well. I'm, I was like, what, like a cat? He's like, yeah. Basically, you know, kind of like, <laughs> he's like, I like, he goes, I land like light footed. And so when, even when I roll it, I never really roll it that bad, which is kind of like justice. When he rolled his, he heavy foot rolled it. Like there was no, he kind of rolled it. He rolled the shit out of it. He turned his leg into a J, you know, like it's not, your ankle is not supposed to touch the floor on the inside. Um, yeah. So it does look like Ant avoided the bad news. Like, well, the super bad news. Um, no tears and no high ankle. The other side is this is a grade two sprain. Like you do need to be careful with it because grade twos are more likely to be re-injured and then they turn into grade threes, which are full tears. And then you're then a whole nother boat um, or in a whole nother boat down another, down another river. There you go. Um, but what does this do for the Blazers? I haven't been able to confirm which way they're going to go with the starting lineup on this, mm-hmm. but my gut, my gut tells me, Dame, Tease, Cam, Jeremy, Nurk. Hmm. Now, I think that's going to be for a couple of games. I'm selfish. I know. You know, you know what I want. And here's the thing. <laughs> this is what's going to be interesting. Yes. Which path does this go? Because uh, Dame was on with Mark Stein and Chris Haynes uh, over the weekend. And one of the things he kept saying is, I understand the plan. I understand. I understand. He said understand and the plan like six different times. Mm-hmm. I would imagine him and Joe simpatico at this point in time for what needs to happen going into the summer. The difference is the pa- there's two different paths they can take there. One path is they play in they where they land is where they land. Play in, out of the play in, in the playoffs, wherever. 2016 was a team that was, I believe they were under 500 at the break. Mm-hmm. They won 13 straight and they go flying into the playoffs. That was the Nurkic trade year, right? Yes. That was the save the season trade. They were like fourth or fifth worst team in the league record wise. Had to do something. Da, da, da. Yeah. And it wasn't even to get Nurkic. It was to get a first round pick for go into that year. And then right. Um, right. <laughs> but the beast got here and Bosnian fever, you know, everybody caught the Nurk fever. Bosnian, yep. Nurk fever, Bosnian beast stuff. Yeah. 
Um, I I don't see that coming from Tease or Cam as far mm-hmm. as like that kind of push, certainly. But getting Nurkic back, getting Jeremy back, add some more size in the lineup, all those kind of things. They're two and a half games out of fifth or sixth. Mm-hmm. I don't say that they have a run in them because they haven't had one since the beginning of the season. But they did have one at the beginning of the season. So it's there. Now, can they do that without Anthony? It's a, it's a big ask. I think that's the tough thing right there. It, I mean, it's, it's not like to say that they won't. It's just to be honest about their situation. You're, you're losing a, a pretty high-end score, and a guy that on any given night could go for 40. I mean, he, he can light it up. He's capable of doing that. I tend not to think the three and the two in your starting lineup will be able to do that. Uh, I know Matisse had a nice start to his Blazer career, but I'm statistically waiting for the shoe to fall on the other foot, and I'm still expecting good defense, but his numbers are what his numbers are. I hope he can take this opportunity and prove me wrong. I, I just think, you know, I think their spot is fairly obvious. I, I don't I don't know if it takes much breaking down. I think he just laid it out. They're going to gun because Dame loves to play. He loves to compete, and he wants to be in the playoffs. He doesn't care that you, me, or anybody else, hell, he don't care if his agent, his wife, anybody tells him, you don't have a chance in the playoffs. He doesn't care. He wants think, to be in the playoffs. I think that's changed. What do you mean? I think that's changed. You think he does care if people think he can't? Not, not, but what anybody else thinks. I think what he thinks has changed. Because if you listen to him on that on that episode with Haynes and Stein, mm-hmm. he talks about, you know, maybe we get hot. Maybe we get in the fourth or fifth, fifth seed. But what does it mean going into the playoffs? Well, I, I mean, there's some realistic like, nature to it. And like, I, I think for the first time ever, that has changed from get me there and we'll figure it out. Okay, because because fair. the Denver series, I think yeah. the Denver series... Right. They came in confident they were going to win that series. It was a bit humbling because Denver and, was... And then his running mate disappears in CJ. Nurk was a disaster. Yeah. And he's sitting there going, what the fuck? And you're you're, you're third. You're third. Your small forward is a 6'4 dude. Like, you're not going to be able to do much. And, and like, I was wrong about that series. What I mean, though, is, like, the dude's going to compete. Yes. Okay. Until he's not playing anymore, he's going out there to win the basketball game. There's always an off chance with Dame. You can't completely dismiss it. But there's also a chance they don't make it, that they don't even get to the play-in, that they lose in the play-in. And I don't know. I'm still disappointed with the deadline. I I, I don't think that's a secret. I, I, I bet the team themselves are disappointed with the deadline. You always want a good deadline. But I there's an element of, like, what are they building here? What can they develop with some of these dudes? Shaden's minutes are going to go up. His production, I thought, increased. And I thought he showed you some good stuff going into the break. Mm-hmm. And you let the car- cards fall where they may at the end of the season. You go into the offseason. You figure your Chicago thing out. And boom. Hey, these are assets. Lay everything on the table. We're making the run. We're making and the push. We're making the try. And that's the, the, the different path is how you get there. Yeah. With Ant's injury... I'd be remiss if I didn't say that this opens up a door a bit like last year. Because everybody who's like, oh, they should just tank. They should just tank. They should just tank. And you, you and I have talked about this off, you know, off camera and off the mic for all season long. Yes, in a asset management mode, it'd be fantastic if they stumbled into a top four pick this year. Like the likelihood is small. They were never going to suck bad enough to just fall into that. But as much as I said they're two and a half games out of fifth, three games from having the fifth worst record in the NBA. I think they're four games separated between them and Orlando. <laughs> so it's like, hey, we're almost in it, but we're almost near the And that's the thing is, let's, let's say they come out as, and I, I don't necessarily want this to happen, but it's, it's a thought exercise. They have a two-week road trip. Yeah. Or, or six do. games in nine days. They have what? I think four, no, two home, two away. And it's one home, one away, one home, one away, then six-game road trip. And the first three games of that road trip were like Orlando, Orlando, Detroit, and somebody else. It was, it was another lesser team off the top of my head. Um, but then it's Boston, Philly, and you're like, that gets a little... And New Orleans. That's how you wrap up the trip. You're like, that's a kick in the teeth. It's two very different versions of a road trip, right? And I think by the time you get to the end of that road trip, the path is going to be decided for you. 
Because if you're dropping games to like to bad teams on that trip, and then you get the crap kicked out of you by the good teams, mm-hmm. it's pretty easy for Nurk to have a calf issue again that he's been dealing with for a, for for a while now. Yeah. Ants down with the ankle. Because yeah. by the time you get done with that, you know, let me let me pull it up. Well, I looked at the schedule. I, I know you're going to rattle it off. I looked at that schedule, and what's funny about what you just said there is Detroit, okay. But, like, I'm not going to forget that Orlando just came to Portland, what, a month, a month and a half ago, and they beat you. Like, they flat out just beat yeah, six, you. Yeah, 6 to 35 and 3 will do that to you. Oh, I know, but, like, my point is. They did, they did, did beat them, again. and their size was impactful. It's a it's a bad matchup size-wise, too. So, it's like, like even the, the quote-unquote bad teams on that schedule, like, those – I don't think for this current iteration of them, that is a given that they're going to win those games. I think it just kind of no game for what we're saying. Yeah, no game. Even Detroit. I mean, God, Ivy and Duran could dominate you. I don't know, but I, I, I felt like personally, um, I can't remember the last pod we did because I, I, I know uh, it's been a whirlwind. But I would say after the Joe Cronin presser, that was a takeaway for me. And I'm sure it was for you because yes. you were there. He he didn't deny he didn't the fact shoot that, that it down. might happen. He no. was like, I mean, we'll see what happens. Because I think he knows the reality of the situation is we can't, we're not competing. You can't, it's, it's not a fixed path right now. And this, no. this is what's important. This is what's important for all the people like, ah, I told you so. Number one, the injury. It allows, like, because you can't just shut NBA players down. But if you've already got two shut down, then you can start talking about taking a look at guys. Well, it wasn't also like they were rooting for him to land on a foot and twist his no, ankle like that. No, like, and God. that's the thing is, this just opens the door. Yeah. And the reason I say this is because of this. With the trades that they made at deadline, we talked about this in the post-trade deadline show, the ability to unlock the summer was to free up your draft picks. You either take the five second round picks that you could get in that potential deal with Gary Payton, take those and send those to the Bulls to get your first round pick back. Mm-hmm. Or if it costs the Knicks pick to get your pick back. But then, but then, say they finish the eighth worst record in the league. And they go into the lottery. And they land top four. What do you do? Or what can you do now? And again, I'm not planning on them moving up. I'm saying pie-in-the-sky possibility. And you have to consider this because this, is a, this, is a, this isn't just theoretical. This is an option on the table that if they are bad enough, they can, they can secure themselves a top-eight pick in a draft that is supposed to be nine-deep mm-hmm. with the potential to move up. To take that and go at the summer four unprotected picks 23 25 27 29 and swaps and either the pile of second round picks or the next pick and a top lottery pick mm-hmm. in a draft that's loaded with teams who are probably going to be dismantling themselves a little bit look man if milwaukee gets bounced in the first round second round hell anything else of the finals chris middleton could be a guy who leaves mm-hmm. what does that do to that team if James Harden goes home back to Houston and Philadelphia falls apart, who's to stop Joel Embiid from asking out? Like, it just takes one. Yeah. What What if the LeBron James and Anthony Davis stuff that's kind of like out there, like, mm, I don't think things are going great down there. Anthony Davis becomes free. And I'm mm-hmm. not talking about even any of those guys coming to Portland. But if they move, other things move. And you could see so many guys. And the Blazers are sitting there going, who's got a better package than us right now? And it's two teams. You got a Timberwolves package. It's OKC. Yeah. And it's Utah. But are they going to ante up then? No. No. OKC has no evidence, even though they should. I would argue they should be going all in. You got Shea Gilgis. You got Chet coming back. But if you do it too early... Yeah, that's true, but like I, I still make the argument you should. At some point, your culture has to matter. Utah, to me, is not even in this race. We're, we're not even talking about Utah. Utah is going win by Nyama. They are going complete blow-up, start over, collect draft assets. Oh, you want Mark in? Okay, give us, give us a first and three seconds or whatever that is. Mm. 
I, I think they're out. And I, I have no reason to believe Oklahoma City is going to suddenly be a buyer. Like, prove it. I'm tired of hearing they still, about They them. still have another year with, to even see what Chet is. Like, there's just sure. so much. But they could be, theoretically. But, they could but, be. But, but you, if you're talking about non-player, and you could even throw player assets in there if we're just being honest here. Mm-hmm. If you're talking about actual capital to move, I don't think you. I, I don't think in that scenario you're finding a team with more assets to deal, a major player for than Portland. No, and because they have another in prime guy in Dame, which the other teams don't, unless you want to argue that SGA is that guy in OKC. That's just kind of what it is. But I genuinely believe that what they did at the deadline was to gear up for this summer. Much like the same way at the trade deadline when they didn't land Jeremy Grant, I said, they're probably going to revisit this this summer. I'd expect the deal to get done. I don't have an idea of the Blazers getting a deal done. Like, I'm hearing stuff behind the scenes that uh, Giannis is coming to Portland. Regardless. like Right, right. Last year, I heard flat out, Jeremy was coming to Portland in the summer. Like That was, was the worst kept secret in the NBA. Mm-hmm. I think you look at where the Blazers are right now and what they've done and what is out there in, in, in the background yeah. is that Portland is gearing up for a move this summer or moves because they have access to everything. The flip side of this is they can't fuck it up. <laughs> Cannot. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, they, I can, both- they, they can, but if they do... Yeah, it's, it's 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 finito. Yeah. It feels like a wrap at that point. To yeah. be honest with you, yeah. yeah, it's it's a different direction. The ship's going a different way, and you know, we'll, let's not talk about that. That's no. too downer. What I would say though is, I mean, look, there's a lot of names of interest, right? Like, I I'd be happy with the Middleton. I don't think that would take a whole lot considering what your assets are and who you're trying to. Obtain. I don't even think it would be. I don't. I don't think it would be Chris. Like, well, I th- but, I think I think the Blazers that would be looking at like Giannis. My, my pie in the sky would be number 21 in Philadelphia. But but here's my only thing is like, we're, we're, we're shooting the moon here. There are people listening, rolling their eyes. Oh, here they, they yeah. fell for it. Oh, they're doing it again. 100%. Like, oh, it's, it's, let's move the goal. It was the deadline before, right, guys? Now it's the summer. It's like, I get that. There's that portion of the crowd that exists. And, and quite frankly, I can't convince you to not think that. But my only problem with those dudes, they feel like they got a lot of Dame in them too. I feel like Joel wants to win for this city. He's watched Super Bowl champions happen. He's watched uh, the Phillies get to the mm-hmm. World Series. That dude, I think that dude cares about Philly. I do. I, I think Giannis, he's hinted at the Chicago thing. That's kind of an underlying story in the league. But, like, he's shown no, you know, no, I want out of Milwaukee. No. I want to win a dynasty in Milwaukee is what he has shown. So it's like some of these dudes I would love to have. I, I just don't know if. And again, I'm saying the the big names purposefully. Like I'm saying that because that's that's what they're hoping to do. You have you have the assets that if any of names like that, you can compete. Yes, you have the assets where teams go. Oh, you have that many draft picks and this player and that pick. And if you and again, let's you want to go full pie in the sky thing that'll never happen. The Blazers land top two in the lottery. And have access to, to, to Scoot or, Danny, or, or Wemby. Tankathon ran it the other day, and the Blazers got the number one pick with a 2% chance. And I went, oh, hello. Game, <laughs> teach a young guy how to play. And, and this isn't even like a, a, a planning thing. Like, you, you plan this. You couldn't trade that pick, by the way. You would have to oh, keep that we, pick. We'll have that discussion in the summer. No, you stop it. There is no, no discussion. We were 100% you, having that you discussion. This, he is 7'5 in shoes. We are having that discussion this summer. You, Seven, five, you, you literally two. have one of my summer topics. Oh, f off! <laughs> f off. Now, the other side of this is, it's because this is this is important. And again, thank you all for being here. We appreciate you. We love you. Um, I saw a bunch of people asking about Justice Winslow. I, I, I saw you guys in the comments. Um, I was on a good place to kind of get to it. Uh, I have not heard anything about Justice over the break. Um, going into all-star break, Justice was doing very, very, very light work on the floor. Take that for what it is. I would say he was probably two-plus weeks away when I saw him last. 
So I'd say he's probably another 10 days away, but I could be totally wrong. He could have just ramped up this whole uh, All-Star break week off, and he's totally good. But I, I don't think that you're... I don't think that that's something that you're looking away from as far as like, or looking at as as him returning like right away. Again, I could be wrong, but that's kind of a, it's been a slow one with uh, the high ankle sprain. So um, people, people underestimate that injury, man. It's, it's, it takes forever. It's almost like a broken leg. It it, it can sometimes can require surgery. Yeah. As crazy as that is. Also, there's somebody in here. I can't remember who the user was. Asked me if I was going to our high school reunion. No, I'm having surgery the day before. And, uh, our, our, our class. Oh, the 20, the 20 year, huh? It is, but it's a year plus late. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm, 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 I'm O2. A couple years. Yeah. I'm yeah. 05. So, yeah. so it's, and I uh, will never be going to mine. Um, Claire told me she watches the show and she's one of the people planning it. So hi Claire, uh, I won't be there. And I'm going to, she told me, uh, I told her, or she said that I should FaceTime in. I, I won't say where they're at. Cause I don't want anybody blown up the spot. Cause it's like a couple hundred people there. Um, but, uh, I told her I'd face FaceTime in completely lit on all the painkillers post surgery to say hi to everybody. So what do you what do you tweet when something wild and unpredictable happens? Wee! That's gonna be you when you FaceTime in. You yeah, guys. no, a hundred percent. That's kind of what I'm going for. I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely bummed because I can't go show off my hot wife. Uh. It's like <laughs> it's like ninety percent of going to those things, right? It's like, hmm, I kicked my coverage. How about you? <laughs> hey. If she's watching the show, she sees the update on life. She yeah. knows it's going. Oh no, no, Claire, Claire knows. She's great. Um, but again, uh, total derail there. But uh, I thought it was funny that somebody mentioned that in the in the comments. I was like, oh, somebody else from the class is watching. So shout out to you, whoever you were. Um, the other part of this is in the final twenty four games now, Brandon. What do you want to see? Mm. Uh, you know, I I kind of just I'm looking for a mix of Dame finishing nuclear to see like how much longer this incredible run of his is going to go. Mm. Uh, and I'm looking for development. I, I know we, we had some, a couple of people tweet us and I, I think they're very fair questions and, and good questions. One of them was, which like, how does the development process with younger players differ from this era, this regime versus the last. Mm-hmm. And obviously you can point to the last regime and say, they got it done. They developed a lot of these dudes the right way. And, and- Gary, Pat, like they Pat, had, I mean, Will. Yeah, yes. I mean, I there's mean, a, you can rattle them off. There's, there's a lot. Players. There's a lot of guys they got that weren't lottery picks that they helped develop into rotation level or starting caliber players in the NBA. They did a good job. And, and I guess for me, you know, I, I don't expect a ton of wins personally. And so, like, my expectations and my emotions in that regard are, are going to be pretty level. I, I, I kind of want to see what, what, how much better can Matisse be offensively? Can he can he change his career a little mm-hmm. bit offensively? Can he get that percentage up to 35, 36%? Uh, I, Cam Reddish, same kind of thing. Like, he's going to get minutes. He's going to get opportunities. What are you doing with it, man? Like, this is your third team. You're like 21 years old. You, you, you at some point have to get this clicking or people around the league are going to go, nah, roll guy. He, he, you, can't ha- you can't trust mm-hmm. him. These are big moments for guys like that. Yeah. I want to see the development. I, I want to continue to see Shaden. I, I really thought Shaden his last four, five, six games. That like last two weeks, he, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I thought he ended the season on such a uh, the first half, quote unquote, uh, on such a strong note. I want to see development. I'm, I'm really mm-hmm. eyeing development, and if Dame can go nuclear, um, that's really it. Wins and losses. I, I don't have a lot of expectation. I'm looking for development. I think I'm there with you. I think that's ultimately where I land. Who's and where's and why is like, I think those kind of deviate a little bit as far sure. as what does it look like? And the reason I said that where I think it's Dame, Tease, Cam, Jeremy, Nurk is I think they wanted the Blazers want to get an idea of what does it look like when you put a crap ton of size around Dame? Yeah. Cause it'd be what? Six, five, six, nine, six, nine, seven foot. Right? Six, six, the, six, eight for Cam, but yeah, I mean, six, eight, yeah. That's but I mean, he's every bit like he's a big, sturdy kid. Like, right. that was the first thing when he walked in the room. I was like, hey, he, that's a, that's a big, sturdy kid. Yeah, he's you not know? a lean bean. No, he's it's funny because Tease is. Tease <laughs> is the second hardest guy in the NBA to screen because he's so freaking skinny and not yeah. like scrawny. He's just like his bones are thin. Like, he just, he's the kind of guy who turns sideways and falls through a crack in the ground. 
right, right. You know, but it's also part of what makes him so good is that he's a pain in the ass to screen. Um, but what does it look like when you've got six five, six eight, six nine at two three four? What about if they go a little bit smaller and they have Trandon at the five? Like, yes, you lose the rim protection, but, like, what does it look like if you've got three switchable or actually four, kind of, as Trandon kind of slots into that? Um, I think that's that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Oh, Trendon, thank you for bringing him up. And I know you're going to tease something later, but yeah. I, I, I was so happy with how he looked at the end of that first half of the season going into the break, too. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I'm saying this. I'm, I'm one of the... I'm, I'm one of the true believers here. I, ca- I caught some flack for saying this on the radio show, and I'm going to say it here on the pod. I'm almost borderline, like, untouchable. Develop in the summer. I want to see what that is. I know it's not, but... Trended. That's... Dude, that's okay. a skill set. I mean, how many players with you're, that You're, you're not wrong. I literally asked Damian Lord about that, and I, I said, you know, who out... Like, why is it so hard, and why, why is it so rare? And Dame kind of went down the list of like the things you have to do. Um, Kevin Pelton of ESPN was at the, followed my question up with, "Who are the guys that are like that?" Mm-hmm. And he listed like you know obviously Dre, but like he got through three or four guys and he kind of stopped and he's like, "I could probably think of a few more, but like that's kind of the point." There's not very many, man. Like g- guys that make decisions on short rolls mm-hmm. offensively are one of we we talked about this season about like why I thought his role was going to be bigger and more impactful is. The the ability to work that set where the ball is being that's how you stop teams in the playoffs. You blitz ball handlers, and you make other guys beat you as creators. That's harder than to me being a good creator is the most difficult thing in off in, in basketball to do. Mm-hmm. Because it's not just as a off the bounce guy, but it's on the move. Passing with either hand, decision making, timing, accuracy, the ability to process and take care of the ball. Yeah. I, I, it's interesting that you you almost put him as, as, as untouchable. Like I wouldn't necessarily. I, I kind of want to, to be honest yeah. with you. I just don't want people to be like, "Hey, I heard you on the pod say Trendon Watford's untouchable." You know what I am? Because here's the part about roster building that people don't always take into account. You need a bench. I mean, how many years in Dame's career have we been like, oh, man, if only they had a bench? Mm-hmm. That is an incredible asset to have if you can truly build your roster out this summer with your assets. What if he's that's an important a, bench guy like a, a Bobby Portis? That, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like you can't always find that in the – you can't just go, well, we lost a trend and let's go find another – like you just mentioned when Pelton asked the question – Dame rattles off five dudes and goes, maybe there's a couple that I'm forgetting, but like how many players in the league? 450? You named five? So Trinan's maybe one of seven, maybe eight at the most that have a skill set of short roll, dribble, get your own shot, create for guys. Like that's a skill set. That's it something is. I don't want to just lose. So you no, know that, what? Yeah, it is an interesting one. In the untouchable okay. category. I'm there. So what's funny was, um, I guess I'll kind of tease this now. Uh, we're hoping to have Trendon on before my surgery um, because mostly selfishly, I want to talk to Trendon about all the cool, weird shit that he does. I just want to hear his voice. You keep teasing this voice. And <laughs> have you not heard Trendon talk? Uh, he's, it, it's, he's country. Not in like a conversation. I've heard snips, but like not in yes. conversation. It's, I want to, yeah. And I, I love how he... Anytime he agrees with you or he's following up, it's always for show, for show, for show, for show, for show. And it's, he, he echoes it. it. I don't know why. It's, it's very endearing. <laughs> I, I, I just like talk, talking with the two people that are most fun to talk to pregame, always in the locker room, just having conversation, are Trenton and Oz. Two very different guys, but have, both have a ton of energy and more, more engaging and, and wanting and willing to talk all the time. Yeah. Um, but I was talking to Trent in post-game uh, against the Wizards. Um, and they were talking about the three-point contest. And Dame had kind of said something about, you know, doing something there. And uh, with Ant down, you know, the guys were kind of discussing, is they gonna, are they going to get somebody else? Who are they going to get in there? And Trent kind of jokingly said, you know, you can put me in there. You know, I'm shooting 48.5% on the season. <laughs> and Nas said something across the room to him like, but you can't qualify. You don't have you don't have enough. You're not. He's like, 
what, what do you mean? You, you just got to have a total. And Nas looked at me and he was like, I, I said something like, I'm like, I think you're around, like right around 40% right now, Nas. I go, I don't think you've quite met the, so I grabbed my phone and, and pulled up the, the live stat count. I'm like, you're just under, but you are at 40%. And Trenton, you are at 48.5%. He's like, yeah, yeah, all right, all right, all right. But I, I, I share that just because Trenton has worked on his three-point shot. Like, that's something he's worked on. And Dane mentioned that in that same, in that same press conference. Trenton's only taken 33 in the season. But he's only appeared in 42 games. So it's small sample size. Yeah. But he has changed his jump shot. And he has improved as a playmaker and a passer. And I think there is something there. And there is something that I want to see out of that. I want to see him get those those opportunities and those in those those minutes because even the stuff that he gives up i think you get a lot of it back on the other end right and so how you go into that pivot i think that's another guy shaden tease cam trendon and i think you garner infinitely more wisdom than you did last year when you're playing a bunch of guys that aren't on the team. Mm-hmm. That's what kind of the the roundabout way I think I am I am now looking at this. Uh, don't get it twisted, by the way. Like you want 45 minutes a night of Shaden Sharp. I know. Well, that, but like if if we got <laughs> to the summer and number 21 in Philadelphia was up and it took you know, that to be in the past, like, yeah, there's a, there's a level to it, but yeah, that's how we'll open the part. show up when, when, it, when he comes on is, Hey, um, we love you, but we'd trade you for Joel Embiid. I would only trade you if Joel Embiid was in the trade. Other than that, you're untouchable in my book, baby. It's kind of like Mikael Bridges. Like, yeah, I kind of knew I might get traded, but I mean, last guy I traded for Kevin Durant. Hey, like, more players need awareness. Like Mikael Bridges. They yes. need to stop with the stick up their butt and need to go, look, that dude's great. I'm good, but that dude's great. I get it. Like we need to recognize greatness. And I appreciated that comment from Mikael. Yeah. So he, he understands it. Um, but again, the, 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 the elephant in the room here is what does the development look like for Shaden Sharp? Yeah. Do the Blazers plug him in as a starter and go that route? I'd love to see it. Even for a couple games, I, I understand. I think your lineup's probably right, selfishly, and it is selfish. Uh, I, I'd love to see it. Just see him line up at the two, uh, a few games, see what that's like. I feel like he's he's pretty good in, in working off what Dame is. And, and I think we, you highlighted this, I think, when we noted some, like, on-off stats with him and, and Ant, like who Ant was playing with versus who Dame was playing mm-hmm. with. And Dame gets to play with Shaden because you can trust Dame to – kind of navigate some of those things a little bit and then in the moments he's, he's a ball of fame yeah he can take over and you can be fine so so i i think those are the, the big things that i i'm taking away right now is i'm not choosing a path either way because i think you can make the arguments for both i think i lean more towards the asset management stuff now getting up another lottery pick mm. and then send you know your Nick's pick or a pile of seconds, like I said, to, to Chicago to, to unencumber your pick back. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I, I think I want to take two weeks and see where it goes. Then yep. play your hand. Yeah. Cause I don't think you have to until then. And I would, or imagine, the hand will have been played for you. Right. And I'd imagine that's, that's gotta be the approach Joe's taking at this point. Definitely sound like it in the, in the, uh, traded line press conference. It did. Yeah. So, uh, well, we'll wrap it up there. Thank you all. Uh, we appreciate you. We love you. Um, like, rate, review, subscribe, do all of the things. Find us on social media at Danny Morang, at Brandon Sprague, at Jack Ramsey's. Email the show, jackramsey's at gmail.com. Uh, like I said, I'm efforting. Hopefully we'll be able to get trended on over the next week or so. Trying to juggle some things and see if we can make it work. Uh, and then uh, we'll have a couple other guests in the next month. Um, won't know until I get out of surgery. So that's kind of how this stuff is shaping up. But again, thank you all. We appreciate you. We love you. Thanks for riding with us. Uh, we'll probably do one more at least this week. Um, we'll get the we'll, we'll have the watch parties for the for the for the road game. So yeah. and then after that, oh, and that's the other thing I didn't mention this earlier. The channel will take a break. The watch parties will continue to go because I will be high in bed watching basketball. <laughs> and even even. Even if you're not there, uh, outside of the games, I have to look at the schedule and the dates, but mm-hmm. outside of, like, 
my fifth grade girls basketball practices in a game, I I plan on being at all the road game live watch parties, Do even if go. you're not there. So we'll, we'll, we'll just keep going that way until Danny feels better and we can get it going again. Well, cool, cool. Um, I appreciate you guys. Love you. Um, don't know when we're going to do the next one. It'll be either Wednesday or Thursday. We'll kind of figure it out from there. Actually, it'll be Thursday or Friday. Excuse me. Um, and we'll kind of figure away from there. I still feel like today's Monday. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm it's, all, it's, it's a little odd. Yeah. yeah it's like, I, I get the day off thing, but like normally it feels like it's <laughs> early or later in the week, but now it doesn't. Right. So now I'm super confused. Anyway, right. I'm rambling. Uh, everybody have a wonderful, wonderful night. We'll talk soon. Uh, take care. Mm, bye. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.